Hi, welcome to Taiwan Talk. I am Alex Lewis. This week I talked to Arthur Zhou and Donna Wong of Tour Me Away. Uh, Tour Me Away is a free walking tour company, and they have a bunch of different routes. Uh, some of the routes are called uh, Chill Out Taipei, Longsan Temple Tour, Hunger Games. Uh, they have a pub crawl. And I met Arthur and Donna at the start of one of their tours, the Old Town Taipei Tour, uh, at a coffee shop. And we had a great conversation about how Tour Me Away grew into uh, the company it is now, and uh, their future plans, and uh, how they got into it. Check it out. How did this idea come about? Well, the, originally, the, the founder, Chester, he... Well, most of the people, the founders that came up with the idea was that uh, we all been to Europe. And like Chester, he's been, he was in the uh, Netherlands for, for like a semester. And the thing is, I was studying in France and I spent, and I wor- was working in France as well. And while you're in France, Europe is a very backpacker-friendly uh, continent. So you have people from um, basically uh, all over the world going there, backpacking, they have great resources and walking tours, definitely one of the city walking tours. It's been going on for you know, 10, 20 years as far as I know it. It's a big part of just their tourism. Yeah, it's yeah. a big part of tourism. I mean, like, if you go to the major spots like Rome, uh, they would have maybe six or seven walking tours per day. And they would, it would be in, it would be in uh, like, English, uh, Spanish, French. That's how developed it is. And um, I, I love traveling, so I think I've, I took a little gap year after working in France. I, was, I did a trip from Europe all the way back to Taiwan. But I wanted to do it by land, so I did like Central Europe, Sofinet, uh, Central Europe, uh, Turkey, uh, Eastern Europe, Turkey. Went round of money in Turkey, so I had to work on a cruise for a couple a couple months, and then I moved from the cruise down. I was going to go to the Middle East, but then the whole ISIS thing was happening. And, uh, oh, ISIS. Yeah, yeah ISIS. Yeah, so it's kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, what happened was uh, it, it, I could, they couldn't get uh, like grant entry. For my visa to, to go in because you either had to be a journalist or I think a businessman or something. So I skipped the Middle East, went down to Nepal, I did India, did Southeast Asia, uh, south of China, and took the ferry back to Taiwan. It took me out a year, but basically it was like a year of just full backpacker lifestyle. I loved it. And different parts of the world I go, I go like, you know, I love traveling, and especially in Southeast Asia, I see so many backpackers there. And as a Taiwanese, it's kind of I'm kind of pissed in a way because I'm like, what do we, what do they have that we don't have? We got mountains. Like, if you want to go trekking, we got so many damn mountains around Taipei. Yeah, it's within walking distance, yeah. and we're uh, surrounded by mountains. We're surrounded by mountains. Yeah, totally, right? yeah. If you want ocean, come on, man. We're, we want beaches, ocean. We're, we're literally island. an island. We're an island. Yeah, we got all over the place, right? Yeah. So, uh, if you want like city life, well, come on, you got all kinds of city life down here. You got Taipei, Taichung, Kaohsiung, the very different varieties of city life, different rhythms as well. So I just kind of like, oh, why do they? Why don't they visit Taiwan? And we have these conversations. Wait, do you mean why don't they visit Taiwan as tourists, or why? Why are the no? Why? Why the backpacking guys don't visit Taiwan, like uh, uh, as as part of itinerary? I mean, they would they would hit Thailand. That's, that's number one, and then the full moon party, the Philippines, maybe. But like they wouldn't they wouldn't hit Taiwan, and I, and then I'm just curious. So we had a lot of conversation before, and I realized that Taiwan's not as well known. Uh, in like the backpacker circuit, I guess. But the people that been always gave like rave reviews. Rave reviews of it. So yeah. it's almost in a way like a hidden gem in Asia. So when I got to t- back to Taiwan, um, uh, my, my my day job, I work as, as as a filmmaker. So you know, it's like writing and developing stories. 
that's kind of my strong suit. So I thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool if is there anything like that here in, in, in Taipei? We do something like a walking tour that you know it's English oriented. And then we did some research, uh, realized that there's a couple groups, but most of them are kind of separate. And I was working on, I was doing the tour in Longshan Temple before, and then I saw the flyers for Tour Me Away. By the, by the time it was founded by Chester, and they're already finding volunteers, student volunteers, to do it. So I was like, oh, that's a better way to do it, because the, the best way to do it is not by command. You should you should be able to do it every day because that's how it's done in Europe. So I went up to him and I said, you don't want to do a walking tour? You should do it like this, 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 this. You should have a pub crawl. You should have, you should have like night market tours. They got all kinds of ideas and what kind of contents you should be. Just is like, yeah, you're exactly what we need. We're, we're moving towards that direction. So I joined, I joined in and... When was this? This was, I think, May? 2015. 2015. May, yeah. It was around, around time. It was originally founded as a as a kind of a school club in 2013 but it hasn't expanded until like I I went in and we started to talk about you know how to make it a real organization and you know how to brand give it a nice identity to the brand and stuff like that so that's that's how basically it started to go and then we started doing research that's another aspect of it um, that why didn't we have something like this before and we realized it was because the Taiwanese government, uh, we have a we have a booming tourism business, but the majority of it is from uh, China, uh, which consists about 40%, and then you have about another 20%, the 30% that is uh, Japanese and Koreans, uh, and then you have the rest, Southeast Asia, which is growing, and you have uh, people also from uh, uh, Hong Kong, Macau. Uh, Singapore, Chinese-speaking, you know, right. areas. So there wasn't like a, a lot of demand for English-speaking English tour. tours. But what we thought was, they're the people that need the tour the most because they need to get the message out, right? They need to get the message out. So every time we realize in the beginning, most of the tours they come, they come. It's all usually like a four-day trip because they're transferring somebody somewhere else. The flight is cheaper. So you know, within four days or five days, they really don't have a lot of um, a lot of time to get deep. This stuff. So what we do, what we offer as a walking tour is we'll tell you stories. We'll take you in the streets. We'll tell you where people hang. We'll take you to the tourist spot as well. But we'll give you a different aspect of the tourist spot because you're gonna go to the tour later, maybe. Maybe a little bit. So we're gonna start like this tour, Old Town tour that we're gonna start at two two eight, and that's that's kind of a tourist spot. But if you don't know the stories, you just pass it by, and it's kind of like it's not like a well designed park, but. But if you know the stories, it's actually really significant. Yeah. So that's that's what we do ultimately. We, just, we tell stories. Nice. And is this the most important? Uh, I'm sorry, the most popular tour that you have? The, uh, the old, you know, it depends city. on the season. Uh, I would say, yeah, I think Old Town is definitely one of the most popular in terms of the free walking tours because it's it's one of the first tours we had, one of basic as well. It's almost it's basically a history tour and it's Taipei or Taiwan for dummies. So it's got a lowest entry. But the other two tours, Longshan Temple is more of a Longshan Temple. You, we it's more of a, it's a totally different experience. It's at night. We take you through the Longshan, uh, basically the, uh, the Longshan Temple area, which is old districts of of, uh, of Ximending, and then it's kind of a civiliza old civilization tour. Um, we take you to Huashijie. It's slightly different. We take you to pray through the, with with us in the Longshan Temple. It's more of a ceremony. Yeah. So you have a like a 
a, a tour geared towards everybody, like every type of tour. So everybody, so if somebody wants to learn about the history of Taipei, you have yeah. a tour for that. If you have a one that's like a pub crawl, you right. just want to get drunk, yeah, yeah. and want to hit up the like like the hot spots, yeah. Um, which is your favorite tour? Actually, have you been in all of them? Obviously. Yeah, yeah, I've been in all of them. That's that's a good question, man. That's like asking which is my favorite kid. Yeah. It's, uh, it's <laughs> yeah. hard to it's put it on paper. To, let's go. Yeah, it's hard to put on paper which one it is. No, I, I think they, they cater different, and they have the, one of the most important aspects of designing these tours is we want to make sure they're as different as possible. Um, I was mentioning Belmont and Temple Old Town is really different. We have another one called Chill Out, and that is just chill. It's more modern lifestyle. We take you from like in the Yongkang area, mm-hmm. and it's this. And we go to the Dan Park. So the way the stories are told there is also vastly different. And I personally designed a chill-out tour. So for me, uh, that's something that I'm most familiar with. And I think that's a really vital aspect. Because I think that's what differs Taipei as a city with all the other major cities um, in Asia. Because... If you think about, we're talking about characters, characteristics in major cities. You've been, you've been to Beijing and all those places. Um, like when you hear, when you say, like, I'm going to Bangkok or I'm going to Tokyo, you get this image popped up. Exactly. Like, oh, what kind of lifestyle, what kind of stereotypical... What you can expect from the next city. Yeah. Taipei doesn't have one. People are just like, is it China? Is it not China? And you get a political situation <laughs> and it's like, it's so, so far down. Is it Japan? Is it not Japan? And it's yeah. so down. And then, and then... The worst type of description that I, that I that I like that I get is like, oh, Taiwanese people are very nice. That's that's like saying like, dude, like you have no adjective to describe who people are. That's why you say so backhanded. Yes, yeah, so, so, so again, so so chill out was actually what uh, I was trying to do was to give it more of a character, like of a character, like compared to m- major big cities like Hong Kong or Beijing or uh, Tokyo, Seoul. I think Taipei is relatively chill. And we, that's why we take you, like, in, during that tour, we take you, like, in the parks, we take you in the alleys where we have some tea, uh, we go try some nice food at Yongkang. We took take you different chill-outs. And I think that's a very, very underestimated um, aspect of, of Taipei. In the pub crawl, Hunger Games, I helped design as well. The pub crawls uh, are fun. It's more of a, it's a social tour, and it's actually, it's, one of, it's definitely one of our most... Uh, Popular, popular tours as well, yeah, yeah. and because this, strictly speaking, there's no like educational aspect of it. It's pure, pure so social. Beer. It's beer. This you drink beer. it. It's yeah. Taiwan beer. Although yeah. we do take you to try some unique Taiwanese drinks. Like mm. the first bar we go to, we it's Taiwan beer. But the second one we go, uh, they offer free shots of. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe you have even. Maybe you haven't tried it. It's called Wispy. 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 Wispy is like a. It's like Ooh. Taiwanese Jaeger. Is for construction workers. Right. They That's they drink it to get hot. They drink it with coffee. Yeah, with coffee. We can, with you, coffee. you can mix what, it with in, coffee in the daytime. Mix, uh, in, in the uh, day. daytime or at night time. In their noon break. In a noon break. Right. Yeah, and then they drink it and then they mix it either with sasaya, papaya milk or which is no, a drink. Coconut. coconut milk. Yeah, it's a papaya. Sasaya is the name of the coconut <laughs> juice and uh, there's also um, uh, we, we mix it with different stuff. So you, we go in and. Trust me, like I'm pretty sure no other poker else, like you would be able to try like yeah. to speak because that's a very talented drink. Yeah, and that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh man, come oh, man. Just I will. Saturday night. Saturday night. Yeah. Okay. Eight thirty. Yeah. And the home game is more of a night market tour, but the thing is, 
See, this is why like we put a lot of thoughts into this. There's so many night markets uh, in, Taipei, in, in Taipei, and people when they come, they go like, "Oh, we gotta hit the night markets." We go to Sui, we go to Songsa. Right. And to be honest, you can hit those by yourself. So we're not really interested in that. We're more interested in taking you to a night market that's more local, that's less touristy. And like which ones? We take, we're gonna take you to Jinmei, Jinmei, which is almost on the border of, of Taipei, but it's actually very authentic. The most, the thing that most people don't know about night markets is that. The reason you have night markets is you always have a temple around it, and that's where people gather. And it's like churches; the people gather in churches. Around the churches, you have a bar area. That's how it usually works. So, Jingmei actually preserved that pretty well. You go there, you find the locals. They're buying clothes, they're buying food, and then there's a, there's a temple that they go to. It's relative, which you don't have. To, it's not that kind of. You go in, it's like a huge auction block. You know, like you go in, and everything is auction. Although there is. A certain, you know, aspect of of life that you see in those particular uh, night markets, but that's why we take you. And then we uh, we also we call it Hunger Games. Actually, we don't call it the night market tour because the idea is there's uh, about twelve different courses that you can challenge yourself. We won't tell you what it is, but after you eat it, because if we tell you what it is, you probably won't you're not going to eat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eat it. So we're going to tell you when you're going to eat it, and then we're going to see if you can. You can successfully conquer all twelve. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, can you tell me a little bit about what goes into develop or designing one of the tours? Like you designed the, the chill out tour. Um, yeah. Like, how do you come up with like the what is it? The roots. Yeah. The 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 roots. The roots. Yeah. 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 Um, right now, there's actually the, there's a way we used to do it, and there's because we when it was a smaller group. With maybe like 30 people, uh, the founders and then the core team, like Donna included, me and Chester and Lee, the core team included, we talk about it in our meetings, and uh, that's one way we do it. But the, when we talk about our meetings, the first thing we always ask is, what else? You know, because there's so many roots, and but you have to find a root with a definitive theme. It has to be very different than what you have before. Because if it's the same, why would people want to want to go there, right? What what differentiates it? And then the second um, aspect of it is, in terms of the roof, do you have something to see every five minutes? Because it's a walking tour. If you are just like walking all the time and there's nothing to see, then there's really no point. You just take people yeah. as boring. And so, so we talk about that. And. Uh, the third aspect we also talk about is: Does something like this exist in other tour companies? Because if they exist, uh, we don't really we don't really think about uh, going towards something that is similar, or we package something that has, we have, it has to be packaged and told as a story differently. Because you know, tours are ultimately just taking you to places you've never been and telling you what it looks like. Or what it is, but, but significance behind it. Significance behind it as well. But for us, we don't really look at our tours uh, as tours. We look at it as stories. Like in the story, you have a have a, a beginning, a middle, and end. So that's how we design our tours. We always start with a story, and we end with the story. And we, we there's questions that we throw out in between. So it's really more like a show in a way. It's like a walking show, but it's it, it tells you stories about it, and it's. The idea is to be engaging with the guys, the 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 the, 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 the uh, tourists that's coming here, and we try to not use the word tourist as much 
because we always tell our guys, like, first of all, don't be just like a guide. Don't show up in one place, say these stuff. You can learn that really quickly. Engage with them. And uh, what we really try is to promote is friendship. Um, Trying to foster a connection. Foster connection, because that's how backpackers usually work, right? Because backpackers, they come, they can always go to places, but it's the connections that they, they, they ultimately lead with. You know, I was in Taiwan, and there was a really cool, cool group of people, and this is what they do. And you can go check it out. And then you talk about it's a tour and it's free and blah, 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 and you, that aspect of it. So, and that's actually also what attracts a lot of uh, our volunteers. Yeah, when they come, they go, they go, oh, we really want to, to, to tell people from abroad, our guests, uh, about our home. So that's, that's a very important aspect of it. Yeah, exactly. And then the, and that was what we talked about within the core team. But, We've been doing, because the, the group is larger now, we have about 70, 80 guides in rotation. And a lot of them come from different backgrounds. So we always promote, like, if you got a route, like, come up with it, let us know. We, we're thinking about having, like, a pitch meeting every six months, have people within organizations. Anybody can pitch, anybody can bring up and um, ideas for possible tours. Like, uh, yeah, so that's... Um, that's how we came up uh, with TMAX actually, because we have a sub brand called TMAX that we just launched, which is uh, which is tours not not always within the city, but outside the city. So it's going surfing, going hiking, yeah, and then it's uh, more experience based. Yeah, shrimping maybe, karaoke. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, those, those are different. Yeah. yeah, so those are all talked about. Yeah. So you're starting to branch out. Starting to branch out yeah. for sure. For so sure. how like so. Going from the small student group to where it is now, uh, what was like the hardest part of like expanding and becoming like a, an actual organization? Oh man, there's so much every day. Talking about this every day. Yeah, every fights day. all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I think there's different periods. Um, I think the first most, I think the, the like the most difficult period was the beginning when we start to launch uh, tours every day because it was tour only once. By demand, like every week, so it was like one. And it, even when it's by demand, it's like every tour is like four people on average. Sometimes you have like three tour guys, but one tour. One tour. <laughs> so you're like, why are we even doing this? And then, and then, so when we talk about like expanding to every day, people are going like, oh, you only do it once a week, and it's already four people. The average is going to go down even lower if you do every day, right? But then, so we, so it was, it was difficult to try and expand to that level to find enough guides to find new routes and to find enough guides for new routes as well. Uh, once that were to, once that were to happen, uh, we were expecting the first month, the average of the first month to be relatively low, like to be really low, maybe like two people per tour. But then it actually increased. Really? When, yeah, when we started to go every day, it actually increased up to like seven or eight because it was more accessible. This is that was a really difficult part, though. That was a huge risk, and uh, I think another difficult part is working with the locals because when we start in the beginning, we started to pass out flyers in uh, in all the major hostels, and we talked to them, we tell them what we're doing. We have meetings all that, and I have to have to be frank. Most of them don't get don't get it. They go like, first of all, it's free. Why are you doing it free? I mean, what do we get out of it? 
So they're looking at more of the business aspect back of it. But what we're looking at is promoting tours like this actually helps cultivate the backpacker culture in Taipei, and it, and in turn helps you immensely. Right. Yeah. There's no uh, short-term benefit. There's no short-term benefit. Maybe. But yeah. The long-term benefit is there. The short-term benefit will come once the long-term starts to come, because when then we talk about like if you go to Prague or you go to Amsterdam, the pub crawls are linked very very closely with the hostels. They can sell hostel uh, like pub crawl tickets, and they can get percentages off the the, the, the tickets as well. But you need to, you need to, it needs a little time to develop that yeah. type of infrastructure, right? That type of tourism infrastructure. Yeah. And the other thing was that we noticed in terms of hostels in, in Taipei, there's two ad, there's two major problems. The first problem is it's most of them are kind of illegal because there are no regulations that's just for hostels in within like the thing type of area. It's mostly, I think it was hotels. And Mingsu, which bed and yeah, bed and breakfast, yeah. So that's so so the hostels always operate under like a in kind of a gray zone in the gray right. zone, yeah. Yes. And um, that's one aspect, legal aspect. The other aspect of, of is how many people are actually out there to um, to to run a hostel that they want. You mean like bring the hostel culture, hostel in culture in, into it. Because a lot of people they, they, they just look at it as in terms of real estate. Like, okay, I don't have enough money for a hotel, so I'll run a cheaper hostel. But they don't think about they, they don't really think about how to create an environment, how to make people. Because you know, when we choose hostels. You travel like yeah. when you choose hostels, you choose those that you that looks the most fun, right? And they get a great hangout, the good reviews. And to do that, you need to actually put your mind into it. What does my hostel mean? How's it different from other hostels? It's about branding. And I have to say, I wouldn't like the, the majority of the hostel brands in uh, Taipei aren't catered to that because they're catered towards, like I said, the Chinese stores or maybe the Japanese or Korean stores. Most of these stores are relatively quiet. They're not looking for interactions. They got a book, maybe three Korean girls that come, they're giggling, they're taking selfies. That's stereotype. It was a little stereotype, but you're going to see a lot of those. And they don't really talk to other people, right? So, because they just, this felt, it's, it's, it's a different form of behavior when it comes. So to find true backpacker hostels, that was also difficult, and to find a way for them to promote us and for us to help them, that was a long process as well. How's it? How's it now? Well, I think it's it's uh, we have great relationships with I would say major brands of backpacker hostels. They know us. They know also what we do, and we're in constant contact. But the thing is, uh, we're still not at the level where. Uh, I think, in terms of the average number of tours, that we can persuade them to collaborate directly, like selling tickets and stuff. Because uh, running hostel itself, they're looking at the numbers, and they're they're looking at a lot of times they have pressures from the investors to find that uh, that pill that you take and then it goes straight up. So most of the hostels right now, we keep good relationships, and we uh, they know they want to promote us, but. There aren't at this point. There aren't like direct collaborations. Yet. Although what we do, there's another thing we do is we host parties. Like okay, so you don't have people in your hostels that can really hang out with these backpackers. We have. And how about this? You you we we throw a party at your hostel. It's a theme party, and it's open up for all the hostels to come. And with hostel, sometimes the hostels that have bars uh, or other stuff oriented. They collaborate with us. So, like for example, Oxygen, right next door, we, we collaborated before uh, on this party, and it was pretty successful. 
there were drinking games and you know there was uh, events and we promote on couch surfing so that's one of the other ways that we collaborate with the hostels okay nice um what are some of the future plans that you guys have uh, for Tormier Bay? Uh, you talk, already talked about expansion, right, to hiking, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, I actually go on a, uh, I'm part of like a running club. Right. Our motto is we're a drinking club with a running problem. Awesome. Right, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. We, get, we, get, we get together and we run a trail and then we just like drink a lot of beer. Each have beer, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Um, but it would be really cool to have like a, um, have, I guess, I guess a service. Yeah. For people who are just coming in here, or coming in here who don't know the area, who'd be able to go out and like look at uh, hiking tours. See, like, like that. For example, what you said before about this club, like uh, the, the club you have, we would love to collaborate. Like we would love mm-hmm. to like send some of our traffic says, you know, because because basically what you guys do are extremely cool, and uh, our brand promotes being cool, being fun, being being sexy, just sexy activities and just activities. Do, yeah. yeah, being this was more about engaging with cool people. So, uh, one of the things that we're looking at is collaborating with different organizations that has kind of the same thing, and we collaborate on the activity level. We might be able to send some of our traffic their way. Like before, Dot Dollar there was a, uh, also like a jogging app, I think. Yeah. It, was, it was a jogging app, that's what we do, jogging app. So, we had a collaboration with them, combining it with uh, some of our tours. Uh, that's one of the things that we do. And also, um, we just launched TMAX, so there's more to come with that. Um, we're also looking at, we were just talking before about brewery tour. I can take you local breweries because craft beer has been something that's been pretty hot lately. So we're thinking about what well, would be cool to do that. Um, there's been talks of like, uh, yeah, like karaoke tour and shipping tour, like as I said before. TMX is definitely it. And we're also looking at, but uh, the time frame isn't, isn't, uh, isn't confirmed yet, but we're looking at expanding to other cities. For sure, yeah. Um, but also, like when we expand into the thirty cities, we're also thinking, okay, so what is a different, what's a different type of stuff that we're gonna bring to the table? Because if we just go to Taichung and Taichung has an old town tour, I don't know, because it wouldn't, it they they wouldn't feel the need to actually do it. And also, we we were looking at, we we're studying the behavior of our customers uh, or you know the the, the tourists that, that come as the backpackers. With limited time, usually they hit Taipei for a week, and then if they got a couple more other days, they head down to Huaia, to the east, because yeah. it's vastly different. You're looking at the most diverse content you can find within time. So we're looking at Huaia as well. Yeah, but for example, Huaia is extremely hard to do a walking tour because it's impossible. It's possible. You got you got to do scooters, spacious, yeah. yeah. And then there's all that logistic aspect of it, you know. Scooters, gotta get license for everybody. Is it gonna be safe? And what kind of rules? Insurance. Insurance. Yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of little details. But there's usually little details that that kills you. <laughs> that make or break you, right? Yeah, that yeah. might make or break you. So we we're looking at it and definitely looking forward to uh, up based trying to increase the average because our average has been climbing pretty steadily. Uh, it was. You know, within like two years, we started from like maybe average of four per tour every day. Now sometimes you have two tours a day. To now, I think the average is around twenty. Yeah, but off season, there's off seasons and there's there's peaks and there's lows. And uh, all of our guides, we, we always tell them like we call them the Tamayans because uh, 
uh, where Tuomia Way is like short for TMA. So we just, we don't want them to call them guides because that sounds too formal. Which is like we're like a tribe of mm-hmm. guys looking for fun. We just call ourselves the Tamayans. Yeah. Was we thinking like, was it to be Tamanese? Tamanese or like something, you know, yeah. Tama, yes. Tama, <laughs> some of the TMA. Some of the TMA. So then we just yeah. call us Tamayans. So it's like a, it's like a fun tribe. That's what we do. So that's definitely uh, another thing that we, we, we want to do is to increase okay. the, the average and yeah that's it. do you see a good amount of local people like Taiwanese people taking your tours like not just for like I mean maybe they know the history or they, they're familiar with the area but maybe just like for the, for the social aspect well uh, the Taiwanese people there's, there's two different types there's one that is really this, what we call the future Taiwanese like they, they're like, yeah, they come back from wherever they were traveling before. They're like, oh, do we have walking tours? They look it up and see us. They're like, oh, this is so cool. I didn't know they have one in Taipei. They join in. They're like, oh, this is exactly what I want to do. What are you guys, what are you guys recruiting and what are you going to do? So those are definitely, there's a large amount of that. Um, and bloggers as well, travel bloggers. And the other type are people that are, that often... Uh, their hosts, not just Airbnb hosts, but sometimes they're hosts because their company has a lot of foreign guests coming uh, for conventions or whatever. So they're always looking to take their guests out for different uh, tours. And they, they, they will usually come because, number one, some, sometimes it's their guest that found us and they says, did you know about this? Oh, yeah, and like they the came, Googlers. Like Googlers. Yeah, and then they come and they say, and then they come and I was like, oh, man, I didn't even know this. This is awesome for exactly what I need because I have so many guests that's coming. I the Canadian team from the, for the university. Yeah, yeah, the Canadian team. Yeah. yeah. It's one of their delegation joined free walking tour and he wants to host uh, a private tour for the entire team. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So that's how it usually come. That's the locals that, that, that really come. And as for their, you know, like curious people that scatter every once in a while. The pub crawls, a lot of people come for the pub crawls. Uh, yeah, but I think the local guys, that's those are the guys we approach. Because another thing is all of our um, advertisement, our marketing is geared, it's all in English. It's geared towards it. So we, we don't actually try to intentionally engage with local medias because uh, we, we, we want people to associate uh, Tommy Away with as more of an, even more of an international brand because that's, that's what we're focusing on. The backpackers have never, never visited Taiwan. So, for example, TripAdvisor is something that we were really surprised at because it started with just reviews when we started, and now it's like top. Like if you check out things to do in Taiwan, like on TripAdvisor, uh, we would come up like top five for sure. And nightlife is number one. Excellent. Yeah, so we're like, oh, that's that's great. Most of them, a lot of the traffic comes from there as well. And if you look at all the other tours before us. They're usually paid tours, like actual tour agency that's been around for decades. Yeah, so so we, we see that as really significant. That there's a there's a huge need for it. Like people, it's how because it's how people travel now. People don't do, don't do tour buses as much, and they don't go to like a travel agency. No, they don't travel. They're looking at the they're not looking at the cheapest option, but they're looking at the most fun option, most different option. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's definitely one of the one of the things that we're also kind of looking at now, like, yeah, how to engage that audience. Okay. Um, is there anything that I haven't really brought up that you guys want to talk about? In 
anything you would like to share more? <laughs> yeah, I share more. Um, no, you should come on a tour. I'm just saying. I should. Um, yeah. You should be perfect for it. Actually, oh, just yeah. to just just to check, like, because you know Taiwan, but don't know much oh, of the history. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we we always one of the things when it comes to training our guides, uh, there's a there's a long process of. You know, uh, application, interviews, and eventually getting them in and training them, workshops, workshops and shadowing tours until they're actually ready. So it's actually a long period of time because we we want our guys to go out and if there were some some horrible reviews or bad reviews on TripAdvisor, we can say, you know what, we try everything we can to make sure our guys are the best. Maybe, maybe sometimes it's not our problem. It's the problem of that particular person, or maybe the weather, whatever. So we really care about the quality of our guides. And one of the most important things that we tell our guides is, um, remember, they, they're not you, so they, they have zero knowledge about Taiwan and Taipei. So when we talk to them, you almost, in a way, almost like tell, talking to kids. Like, how do you tell kids a story and make it engaging, make it fun? And that's actually a very important part of, of, of our guys. And for them as well, the engaging part of it is, you know, I think in Taiwan, uh, a lot of times when we try to do stuff, everything always gets messed up because of politics, because the people have different ideas about what this place is. And uh, so we, we actually want our guys to be as personal as possible. And to, the way we want, the reason we want them to be engaging was because that when people leave Taiwan, they probably wouldn't be able to recite the stories because there's so much of it. But they would be able to say, "I know this guy; they were cool." Yeah. It's and like the feeling that they impart. Yeah, it's yeah. about the people ultimately, right? So that's that's really important part of it. So we want them to engage, to be personal, to have their own style. But at the same time, I also approach it in almost like a childlike wonder, like uh, first time seeing it. You know, I've been doing tours for a while, and every time, I know all the concepts, but every time I, I, I talk to people that have never seen it before, it's new. Yeah, it's, it's, like a unique, you, it's like you see it through their eyes. Yeah, sort of thing. it's a unique experience, and, and, people get, and people do get engaged with the stories, and uh, that, I think, is what I take away the most like, uh, from it. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's definitely, I think, I don't know about other tour agencies, but I think that's something that we really try hard to to look at. Yeah. Not only to our tour guides, but how we design the tour, basically. Right. Yeah, Just yeah. To make it easy to understand. Easy to understand. Yeah, yeah. Because because uh, it's you know Taiwan's complicated and it's always in the gray zone, right? Like yeah. in terms of the stories. It's been in the gray zone. Yeah, it's been in the gray zone. So it's hard to promote uh, that because when you don't have everybody has the same idea of of what the place is or versions of the stories it's, it's, it's difficult so in our version in our kind of the written scripts of information we we try to tell facts and we try to make it easy to understand and but we also encourage the guy to bring a little personal opinion into it if they want but not to be too politically charged that it, it would become something that is your tour guide is the lens in which the tourists see, yeah, like the the, the tour and see exactly. Taiwan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's very different. And um, we're always really proud of the fact that there are people, that people that's real uh, local, got people that really wants to do this. And half of them are students, 
half of them are people that have day jobs. Um, so they they make the time for it because they love this place, and that's also another thing we promote: is like share that love. Yeah, they share the you share the love of it. Um, so all the tour guides are unpaid. No, there is. Uh, there's tips. There's tips and donations at the end. Okay. It's like every the free walking tours are all donation and tip space. So when they do it in the end, they usually get tips. Yeah, they there's a small percentage that they they give it back to the organization to make t-shirts and whatever. But most of them they keep. But that's also one thing we look at. We realize that the most of our volunteers don't come for the, the money. money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even the core team, we're not paid. We're all doing this because it's cool. It's fun and it's. It's what we want to do, and also we don't see something like this, and there should be something like this, and people want something like this, right? Well, That was my conversation with Arthur Zhou and Donna Wong uh, from Tormia Way. Check them out on the website and check out one of their tours. It's for free, uh, and you can learn a lot of stuff. Even if you're from Taiwan and you've been here for a long time, it's still fun to go on these tours and talk to the tour guides and listen to the stories that they tell you and uh, learn a bit of history and have a little bit of fun. Um, thanks for listening to our conversation. That's it for this week's Taiwan Talk. I'm Alex Lewis.